If you want peace, prepare for war. This is Parabellum, a Cyberbit podcast. My name is Eddie Almer with Cyberbit. Your host today, we're from Cyberbit. Cyberbit was founded in 2015, spun out of uh, publicly traded Elbit systems to deal specifically with commercial and education target markets. We have a broad cybersecurity portfolio and we employ 250. Our host today are myself, Eddie Almer. I'm the VP of product for Cyberbit and Susan Green, our regional director and higher education specialist. And I'm really glad to have you here, Susan. So as our resident expert on higher education, she will talk to you today about the objectives of the NICE framework and about the key NICE framework concepts and some of the challenges of supporting it. Uh, I will be happy to uh, tell you a little bit more about our products and how they support the NICE framework and your ability to meet your objectives. So, uh, Susan? The floor is yours, I hope. Okay, great. Uh, Thank you very much. This is Susan Green. I appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today. And um, as Eddie mentioned, we are going to be talking about the NICE framework objectives and some of the key concepts. Next slide, please. So um, the NICE framework was created by NIST in collaboration with more than a dozen federal departments and agencies. And with the input in response to executive order that was signed by President Trump back in uh, 2017, The executive order uh, seeks to strengthen the cybersecurity of federal networks and critical infrastructure. You can download NIST uh, special publication. It's number 800-181 from their website, and that would give you the full NICE framework details. So to touch on the main points, the framework's uh, objective is to allow organizations to train, assess, hire, promote, and retain a cybersecurity talent. And the challenge is that defining and assessing the cybersecurity workforce in a single framework uh, with a solution that would standardize cybersecurity work roles and responsibilities, uh, define the various competencies for each work role. So basically the knowledge, the skills and the abilities uh, to be successful in uh, that type of a position. So to quote from the NIST report, um, categories provide the overarching organizational structure of the NICE framework. And there are seven categories and all are composed of specialty areas and work roles. So this organizational structure is really based on extensive job analysis, which group together uh, would work, um, that would share the common major functions regardless of the specific job title or other occupational uh, terms. So there are seven categories that are outlined by NICE and they are as follows. So to securely provision, that's a professional who actually conceptualizes, designs, procures, and builds uh, or secures information technology systems with the responsibility of all aspects of system and or network development. Um, There's also the operate and maintain, and they provide the support, the administration, and the maintenance necessary to ensure effective and efficient information technology system, system performance insecurity. And then you have oversee and govern, and that's providing the actual leadership, the management, the guidance, the direction, the development, and the advocacy so that the organization may effectively conduct cybersecurity work. 
And then there is the protect and defend. And um, that's where they would uh, identify, analyze, mitigate the threats to internal information technology systems and or networks. And then also analyze, that would be performing high specialized review and evaluation of incoming cybersecurity information to determine its usefulness for intelligence. There's also the collect and operate. So that's where uh, they would provide specialized denial and deception operations and collection of cybersecurity information that may be used to develop uh, intelligence. And then last but not least, investigate. And that's the uh, portion where the cybersecurity events or crimes related to the information technology, systems, networks, and digital evidence. So now this, this next slide actually details 31 of the 33 uh, specialty areas outlined by the NICE framework. And it's taken from a, a February 2018 Gartner report. And as you'll see, um, there are different uh, roles and responsibilities um, across the, the spectrum from investigate, collect and operate, analyze, protect and defend, oversight and development, operate and maintain, and then securely provision. So how does the NICE framework help your organization? Well, that really depends on who you are. Are you a managed uh, security solutions provider? Are you a, a K through 12 or a vocational school? Are you uh, involved with uh, the higher education sector, a community college or a, a statewide system? Are you an enterprise? Uh, so are you a, a global organization that has um, SOC teams across the world? Or are you public sector? Uh, maybe you're a utility entity, or maybe you're a department of public safety within the, the public sector sector. So it all really depends on who you are. So what did the survey uncover with regards to SOC operations worldwide? That there are many, many challenges of meeting the NICE framework because there are 52 rules, 33 specialty areas. There are, you know, folks that are coming in from uh, from academia where they've graduated with a degree in, in, in cybersecurity, but they really have just learned the theoretical uh, theory and bookwork, shall we say. And then um, there are diverse uh, competencies per role. So again, it depends on what is your role? Are you in a leadership capacity, operational, technical, pro uh, professional? There are many, many challenges. And then you, you sprinkle in the complexity of the threat landscape and how that continues to evolve and change minute to minute, day to day, week to week. So I think we're going to open up for our first polling question. So for which of the following work roles do you need to provide training? And if you could select all that apply, that would be appreciated. So the poll is so now open. Cyber instructor, a vulnerability assessment analyst, a cyber defense forensics analyst, a cyber crime investigator, a cyber defense incident responder. I think we're finding this often. Many of you find one of the biggest challenges is actually training cyber instructors. And this is not that surprising. You're coming from education. A full three quarters of you think that uh, the most important thing for you personally as an organization, as a person, is actually training a cyber instructor. And uh, beyond that, it's forensics and incident response. This is great. I'll be talking uh, later when we go in depth into the system that we have for uh, realistic simulation and training uh, about how we can train cyber instructors, forensics analysts, and incident responders. And with that, uh, I closed.
the poll and let's continue. Okay, so as we, we go forward and we look at bridging the practical skills gap, um, you can see that there's a there's a spreadsheet which you can download from the NICE framework um, from the NIST uh, website. And this actually just shows you the different uh, different responsibilities. So securely to provision would be a security architect to operate and maintain could be a network operations specialist, a system security analyst to oversee and govern executive cyber leadership. You can protect and defend uh, that would be a cyber defense analyst or a cyber defense incident responder or even a vulnerability assessment analyst. And then to investigate, there's a cyber uh, defense forensics analyst. And then to analyze would be the exploitation uh, threat warning analyst collect and operate. So this next slide, um, there are several ways that novice cybersecurity practitioners or students can gain experience. These include apprenticeship programs offered through the Department of Labor. More information on this can be found on the NICE website. In addition, the NSF, which is the National uh, Science Foundation, that's the, uh, there's an advanced technological education program, which provides grants that support the development of innovation approaches for educating highly skilled technicians across key industries in the U.S. economy. And then the ATE program in turn funds centers of excellence and it offers various services. Some offer training programs in academic institution, institutions, others develop and disseminate cybersecurity program curricula, and still others provide virtual learning environments. Uh, and finally, there's a cyber range for which NICE even uh, dedicated a one-page infographic. All this information can be found in the one-page section of the NICE framework website. So by 2022, this is interesting by way of Gartner, 15% of large enterprises will be using cyber ranges to develop the skill of their security teams. And that's up from less than 1% today. Um, this is really important because the only way to really train is to have a real world simulator to really either replicate an environment or, or have security folks uh, utilizing scenarios that would that would be like um, an Apache shutdown or ransomware attack. And it's interesting that, that Gartner sees how the importance of a cyber range. So where there's risks or business criticality is low and cybersecurity resources are plentiful cost optimization and flexibility should drive staffing considerations. So where the opposite scenario is true, cyber ranges offer an approach to developing the required competencies. Um, and I think it's gonna be interesting as we continue to see the evolution of um, the cyber range platform and then just the, uh, the cybersecurity landscape as it continues to evolve. So with that said, I'll turn it over to Eddie. Thank you. Thank you very much, Susan. So um, a lot of you were interested in cyber trainer training, and of course, also in helping train incident responders and uh, malware analysts and uh, forensic analysts. You can see this room. This is actually from, uh, I believe, Regents University in the US. And this is a cyber range. In the back, you can see the instructor room and behind him, the actual equipment. He is running actual attacks on actual simulated networks for the various classrooms, the various groups that are training here. The instructor himself, actually, part of the training that he goes through to become a cyber instructor is actually solving 
all the scenarios that he's actually using to train the others as well and going through all the intricacies of the scenarios. And trust me, some of those are fairly complex. We're using hyper-realistic simulation, meaning that we have a set of components, cyber attack scenarios, real applications and system, real commercial security tools, and a pretty elaborate network architecture. Then inside this framework that has in it quite a lot of servers and of tools, we run real attacks, ransomware attacks, SQL injection attacks, distributed denial of service, ICS cyber attacks, and others. When we look at the application and systems, you can see, of course, VMware and Office 365, SAP, Siemens, various industrial controls, various applications that are being used by an enterprise to give the trainees the students, a real life experience. So when they meet that first attack in real life, they feel ready. When they graduate from school, they're actually very well trained to be incident responders or malware researchers. They're using this with commercial security tools. So we have Curator and Palo Alto and Checkpoint and Splunk, Symantec, McAfee. All those tools are real tools. Those are not just schematic open source samples that give you a feel, but you actually get to learn and to get experienced in real commercial security tools. And when you talk to universities, this is great for them because this can also bring in people from industry who want to train on their familiar tools, familiar environments. And to do that, we have a set of networks that we can use to actually simulate real customer networks and adapt them to resemble as much as possible uh, real networks on the outside. So what the platform does, it, selects a it allows you to select a training scenario, run it automatically through the attack generator, and the trainees, the students, actually sit in a simulated SOC using real tools, looking at a real network, and getting also traffic that is benign traffic coming from another traffic generator that we have. And altogether, they're seeing a real network that all of a sudden gets attacked. And they need to respond to that. And this is not theoretical. This is actually going through the steps of responding, not just reading and writing about it. This is why there is such a great match to the actual KSAs that are required by NICE. KSAs, so this is the knowledge, skill, and ability statements from the NICE frameworks. And you can see here, what are the things that are expected of a threat warning analyst? And every single one of those is covered in one of our scenarios. So understanding the cyber attack stages, understanding attack methods and techniques, understanding internal tactics to anticipate or emulate threat capabilities and actions, understanding malware, knowing how your attacker uses the internet, understanding threats and target systems, understanding what is a threat in the first place, and the ability to think like a threat actor once you actually have a threat actor running an attack against you makes it a lot easier to understand. Let's look 
at a scenario that would actually cover those requirements. A DDoS scene flood is usually uh, nowadays no longer a standalone attack. It would usually be used to mask something even funnier happening in the background, but something that would keep the defenders happy because they happy, busy, because they need to respond. Um, and frankly, if they have the experience, they'll also be happy because they'll be responding very quickly. So uh, you can see this is one of the easiest scenarios. You have a very, a very straightforward attack. And although the network is pretty complex, very quickly you will get alerts that point to a very clear source for the problem. And uh, the remediation is only a single step. Most of the scenarios we run are much more complex than that. They have multiple steps that include uh, many different things. So let's look at an example that is slightly more complex. We're looking at the investigate category and the work role would be a cyber defense forensics analyst. One of the things you wanted to teach. The KSAs that we help achieve are the ability to conduct forensic analysis, of course, for Windows and Unix Linux. We will gain knowledge of anti-forensic tactics, techniques, and procedures. Some of the attacks would not make it easy for the forensic analyst to get his data. It's not as simple as let's give the command that collects it and then analyze it and give a report. The attacker would try many evasion techniques of getting around the tools, of erasing their logs, of blocking anything that tries to collect data. Forensic lab design, we will allow the actual analyst to build and assemble the components of their lab as part of the training. And he will use specific tools that he finds relevant for the job for the specific attack. We will help create the skill in identifying and extracting data of forensic interest and help with uh, collecting, processing, packaging, transporting, understanding all of those to avoid alteration or loss. So forensic analyst needs not only to be able to collect and understand the data, he also needs to collect it in a very specific way and then package, transport, and protect it in a very specific way so it would be acceptable as evidence in court later. And there is skill around the tools and the ability to decrypt digital data collections. For this, we can look at another one of our uh, scenarios. Still an easy one, but one with a lot more steps. And in this attack, actually, uh, an attacker would break into a website through SSH protocol fuzzing after doing a port scan, do a brute force attack, use a weak password, and actually be able to get in and deface the website. This was a lot, would allow your trainee to practice Linux and Apache logging research and do some basic forensics. This is one of the beginner scenarios. And then also gain hands-on experience with an event of brute force attack. How do you detect it? How do you then remediate against future attacks of the same kind? And it is getting more and more interesting. So one no longer an easy scenario. Uh, this is for the protect and defend category. 
And the work role here would be a cyber defense incident responder, still intermediary level, but no longer a complete beginner, not one of the first scenarios. And this would help with a specific area of vulnerability assessments. Uh, and there's, you can see the list of KSAs that we're helping build here, improve the knowledge of cyber threats and vulnerabilities of operational impact, do some packet level analysis, understand SQL injections, understand network attacks and how it relates to threats and vulnerabilities, understanding OWASP top 10, and building skill in recognizing and categorizing the vulnerabilities and associated attack that they enable. So when you look at SQL injection, the attacker would actually crawl the web, perform an SQL injection, and be able to get to the domain and stop domain services. So he's not extracting any data. It's a relatively less dangerous attack, and you can see it's a medium difficulty, but you understand and help your students understand uh, Windows and MS SQL logging, gain hands-on experience with domain controllers and firewall management tools, and gain hands-on experience with an SQL injection event. And we're moving to even more complex scenarios. And we have quite a few of those, and they're getting increasingly more complex as we go. The ones you saw are some of the easy ones. They're doable in a single uh, class period, an hour, two hours. This one is already a, for a vulnerability assessment analyst in the protect and defend category. And uh, it's a technical competency group. You usually start from the trenches before you move into management. And although the trainings that we provide are for a group, and they take into account all the different roles and all the different skills that the team needs. The interesting thing about them is that they're by no means in any way tabletop. Everything here is real. Everything here is realistic. The attacks are really happening. So we're building here knowledge of application vulnerabilities, of uh, buffer overflows, cross-site scripting, uh, packet level analysis in more depth, understanding of penetration testing, understanding of how to run a vulnerability scan, and building skill in use of penetration testing tools and techniques. And this is very, very useful for uh, an analyst to understand how an attacker would try to get in, build skills in network analysis tools and in vulnerability assessments, and be able to build systemic understanding of security issues. So this is a penetration testing exercise. This is already quite hard and it requires multiple steps. You can see not even all the steps are visible here. You need approximately eight steps in this uh, scenario to get all the way in to this, uh, into this vulnerable machine. And the trainee actually needs to act as a penetration tester and needs to get into an organization, uh, overcome a file filtering system by first using an SQL injection, then an uh, XML external entity manipulation, and then uh, get to the secure file server of the target organization. From there, he is still expected to uh, move on and detect specific uh, information that is actually proving that he got all the way to the uh, important information. 
So a question for you, and this is our second and last poll of the day. Do you currently offer uh, a cybersecurity training program or degree? 70% of you already have a program or a degree, and we would love to talk to you. Another 20% don't have one yet, but are planning to, within the next year, to start a program. We'll be even happier to talk to you. And 10% of you are not running a cybersecurity training program uh, and are not offering a degree. Of course, if you have any questions for us, we would still be very happy to talk to you too. So this would be the moment where you ask questions. You have Susan here. Susan is uh, an expert on the higher education market in the US and has worked, I'm sure, with quite a few of the names I've seen attending today. And those of you that haven't worked with her yet, uh, I would urge you to reach out to her. She is the expert on helping programs move into this simulation, hyper-realistic stage that would allow you to uh, run a real program. So Susan, one question for you here already regarding NSA certification. Can you say a few words? So uh, there are different uh, certification levels for different different reasons. Um, I'm happy, I'm not sure who's asking the question, but I'm happy to, to speak with them um, offline um, to understand and dig in a little bit deeper on um, what they're sp specifically looking to accomplish. Are they a CAE? Um, what's their designation? Are they presently applying for, for grant dollars? So happy to, uh, to take that offline. I apologize to my audio. No worries. There's a, an even more direct question here uh, about how do we get the software for Cyber Range and how much does it cost? Uh, we'll be happy to discuss this one uh, directly regarding the cost, but in terms of how do you get the software, uh, we're packaging everything together. Um, we didn't go into the details of what is in this package, but there's a lot of commercial tools in there and each of them has licenses and all of them need to work together and the scenarios need to actually be able to successfully attack uh, if any of you actually uh, did penetration testing in the past. Although it is easier for the attacker than it is for the defender, it is by no means easy. And uh, we're making sure that all the scenarios manage to complete their attacks time after time. Quite a lot of work goes into it and into the new scenarios. And we're giving a fully packaged solution uh, that allows you to run scenarios and an even higher end uh, component that would allow you to build your own networks and your own scenarios. We'll be happy to discuss commercials uh, offline. And it's, it's a total turnkey solution. So it is uh, hardware, software, uh, train the trainer. Um, so we do an awful lot of work to ensure that our customers are successful. And then think of this really as an extension for those that have a cybersecurity program as an extension of the curriculum. This is a highly immersive, real world, scalable platform that's unlike anything else that's out there. And we're uh, delighted to be able to have additional conversations to really understand where you are today, um, what your goals and dreams are for your students and for your institution. There's a question here about the cost of training a trainer and do we have uh, education artifacts for trainers, resource for teachers. So uh, train the trainer uh, is part of our overall package. 
we train as many trainers as you would like to. And then if needed, uh, we can refresh the training if you have turnover or if uh, you want to uh, expand the program. We do not offer a full curriculum yet. Usually we would plug into your curriculum and uh, support it with uh, the simulations and the real life uh, scenarios. But um, specifically, we've worked with partners for uh, any school that required um, a full turnkey, including the curriculum. So we can provide that as well if needed with our partners. Another interesting question, what training is available for management skills in cybersecurity? The trainings here, uh, and I did not go into a full demo because it would have taken too long today to get into it, but the training is for a full team where people have different roles. Some of them would be an incident responder. Some of them would be a malware analyst. Some of them would be a manager. And the decisions management needs to do, for example, one of the scenarios we have here is a scenario for ransomware. And this decision and the preparation actually, preparing all the uh, processes and internal um, communication channels to make sure that once you have ransomware, you know exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to react whether you're going to pay or not, make sure you have the backups, make sure who you communicate to. This is one of the examples uh, that we have in the scenarios that would actually exercise the managers. Um, most of our scenarios uh, exercise um, technical people and to some extent the managers as well. For managers, uh, we also have at the high-end tabletop, and we'll, we'll be happy to discuss that as well. How do we differ from other frameworks that also provide simulation scenarios? So uh, you're referring to uh, specifically one that I'm not familiar with, but uh, you will see uh, online, for example, on the web, quite a few uh, cyber simulation labs. They're more common for penetration testing, Penetration testing is relatively easy because you can just give, open up vulnerable machine and tell everybody, okay, hack your way in and find, capture the flag. But you will see very, very few, if any, scenarios where a team trains together on a large network that has real tools in it and that runs real attacks. And those are the main differences for what we do. And when we're, you're looking to train somebody for really being ready for uh, a job, it's important that they get to experience real life scenarios and not just know the theoretical uh, material. And there's quite a bit of theoretical material, but without the hands-on, trust me, it's not easy. I am personally, I've been a practitioner for many, many years in security. I've moved to management and I found out I'm a little bit rusty when actually running through our train the trainer exercises. I realized I knew exactly what was going on, but actually responding correctly and quickly and solving the problem is much easier said than done. And having real hands-on uh, experience is very useful.
another question. Is there uh, an in-person training process that can be accessed at the state level? I don't know that any state necessarily, but uh, there is definitely a demo we can give you. And beyond that, if you want to experience a full training uh, or want to train relatively small teams, we have partners that can provide you those trainings. Uh, how does this scale from small to large teams? So very good question. Uh, we usually recommend uh, to run this training with a team of five. You can have as many as 10 in the team. And technically, if you insist, you can have as many as 20. However, uh, the goal of this is to train everybody on the team. And usually you have three, four different roles, not more. If you bring, it, bring together larger team than that, then you end up with the regular uh, situation that happens in many of the other systems that people call range, where they do capture the flag uh, contests. When you do a capture the flag contest with 10, 15, 20 groups, you would usually get two or three really good groups. And in those two or three really good groups, each, each of them would have one or two stars. And what most other people end up doing is just peering over their shoulder, nodding their heads and saying, yeah, I get it. I really know what they did. And when the time comes, I'll be able to do it as well. Uh, our training is different. It insists on having uh, a trainer. And if you don't want to, you can skip that. But we strongly recommend having a trainer because he can take care of uh, making sure that everybody is uh, actually doing hands-on and understand what they're doing. So that's about a single group. We can easily scale to four, six, eight, and if you need more, we can talk about um, extra hardware uh, and go even beyond that. So it can uh, we can scale um, coming end of this year to massively parallel uh, numbers. Okay, and this is going to be my favorite question for today. How do we contact you for additional information? So um, we'll be sharing Susan's email, and Susan is the person you want to talk to. She's the expert on this. Uh, she's already helped quite a few universities bring those programs uh, online and up to speed. And she'll be very happy to share her experience with you and talk you through the steps about building a cyber range in your organization. Thank you everybody for attending. And when you meet Susan, ask her about what she's gone through today to actually be able to join this webinar. I'm sure it will be equally interesting to the uh, actual very useful stuff that she shared about the NIST framework. So thank you, everybody. Thank you.